how do you spout such utter nonsense, keeping a straight face? I don't know how you do it. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. My guest this episode, Jackery Egan. No, just Jack. How are you, sir? Yeah. Doing all right? Yeah, well, pretty good. Considering you had to watch Tabernacle 101, which is our film this episode, from 2019, from Australia, from some very cheap people who had no money to spend on their movie. I'm pretty sure it was movie of the year last year. Well, I mean, it was Slim Pickens last year, so that's not (laughs) outside the realm of possibility. So, yeah, let's just get into it. We've got an incredibly unlikable main character to start with. Like, I consider myself an atheist, but this guy Mm -hmm. is, like, fundamentalist atheist to the point where, like, he's the guy who, if he hears you talking about God from across the street, he's going to run over to you and start yelling at you about how you're an idiot, which is... Yeah, he was very aggressive atheist. Was was the psychic girl's name Meredith? Yeah. Because also call her Lydia Martin from Teen Wolf. She had some psychic things going on, you know, if you want that scene. <laughs> number one show on television. Jack. And now on Hulu. You guys want to watch it. See, this is the thing that Jack does elsewhere where he will take any chance he gets to mention the television show Teen Wolf, which is a gag he has committed very hard to. But I was really hoping it would not find its way onto the show <laughs> i got some boyd styles references later. oh man yeah our main character is frank bonetti got mccall well first thing we would hear of him is he's calling into some sort of christian radio show and arguing with the host and they're calling each other foolish you know and whatever and then he is taking his nephew daniel camping out yeah. in the, at the outback i guess but he tells the kid to set up a video camera on the hood of the car pointed at their tent and they don't explain for quite a while what any of this is for yeah it just seems weird that a man is taking mm-hmm. his nephew out into the desert <laughs> they're sleeping together in a tent and recording it that is shady <laughs> and i don't like it at all yeah, and they get um, the number one line of the movie, I'll make an atheist out of you yet. And it's very, I don't know. like that when some scary noises go on. I, I think I think there's some lines that have that beat, but we'll get to it. Starting with, yeah, they're sitting around and he's, yeah, he's, the kid is like, oh, you think there's aliens out here or something? Mm-hmm. And Uncle Frank is like, oh, we'll, you know, we'll, yeah, we'll make an atheist out of you yet. And then the kid is like, well, what about ghosts? And he says to the kid, where'd you hear about ghosts? This kid is like mm-hmm. 13 years old. Where do, yeah. you, where do you think he heard about ghosts? Fucking Scooby-Doo, probably. Like, ghosts are a thing in culture. It's not like some secret, like, how do you hear about the 69 position? Like, you know, it's not something you're... You know about ghosts when you're a kid. Like, it's so weird that he's yeah. <laughs> surprised. He's like, you don't have to worry about death or anything. It's not real, no afterlife, so no reason to be scared of anything and stuff like that. Yeah, which Go. is a real comforting <laughs> thing yeah. to say yeah. to a kid. I mean, or you're, 
existence will just stop after you die and you'll have nothing. It's, it's great. Which I also believe, but I'm not going to tell a kid that <laughs> who's yeah. necessarily who's scared out in the dark desert on the camping trip. I'd maybe try to yeah, be a little more. Just... So they're sleeping in the tent and the kid sees a shadow outside, a silhouette, a person-shaped silhouette. He wakes Uncle Frank up. Frank runs outside and he's yelling, hey, you pranksters, come out. Um, he's convinced that sort of the people that he is always trying to debunk have sent people out to mess with him or ruin his video or whatever it is that he's doing. Well, that's actually part of my first problem with the movie is like it showed a shadow, but it keep going to shots outside the tent where it was just like completely dark. There was no light source besides inside the tent for a shadow to even appear. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's that. And there's also we don't know because what we will wind up having to kind of surmise from this based on the rest of the movie is that this is like an early kind of attack on him by demonic forces. Yeah. But they have no reason to mess with him at this point. Yeah. So I don't know really what it's supposed to be at all. <laughs> yeah. And then there's also the random symbols that appear on both their wrists, but then it just doesn't amount to anything later on besides showing, well, I guess we'll get to that part of like uh, when it just disappears because they're around the psychic lady, the medium. Yeah, because the next time he looks, they're gone. Well, he's, yeah, yeah, he goes out, he's yelling about pranksters, and he says something about, the, like, they're trying to throw me off the trail. Of what? <laughs> what yeah. is, how is this going to throw you off the trail? If you're not investigating anything. We'll come to find out later, and they don't tell us this at all in this first scene, but that he has gone there to debunk, I guess there's a famous, this is a haunted place where there's the ghosts of miners in yeah. this location. Mm -hmm. But we don't know any of that at first, so he just sounds like, I mean, he he's always going to sound like a crazy person, but he particularly sounds crazy right now because there's no, like, he's yelling at nothing. He's still weirded out enough by it that he grabs the kid and, like, we're going to sleep in the car tonight. We're going to keep the camera pointed at the tent, and if anybody comes to mess with us, we'll have it on camera. Yeah. And the next morning, he checks the tape, or the tape, or the, the video recorder, camera, and the kid forgot to push record supposedly and he's real mad at this kid he's like what i tell you you gotta hit record i'm like for what yeah. no you're yelling at this kid you've ruined his camping trip and for what anyway but they also have these the kids like oh i got this weird there's like this devil horns looking red mark mm -hmm. on his arm and frank's like oh it's just bug bites i got it too see but it's the identical shape and he's kind of like oh, yeah. don't worry about it don't worry about it but then the next time he looks, it's gone. So it amounts to nothing. Well, later on, like, um, is, is her name Meredith the Psychic? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think it was, like, part of, like, uh, her protection magic kind of thing versus demons. Like, why he had to, well, later had to stay around her to be protected from demons. And so it just makes it fade whenever he's around her. Like that. Yeah. It seems like it's, like, it's him and the nephew are now marked. But again, he mm -hmm. hasn't done the thing that's going to thrust him into the world of demons and things. So I yeah. don't know why they're messing with him right now. Other than yeah. just like, we like to fuck with skeptics. <laughs> like Maybe that's their thing. <laughs> I don't know. He gets 
a call from Sarah, who is A, his girlfriend-ish, B, some sort of back alley scientist. I don't know. She doesn't have, Mm -hmm. like, an official lab. She works out of, like, an abandoned warehouse or something. Yeah. But she calls and says that they've had, she's had a breakthrough, and that's all she says. So get here right away. So he takes the kid home, drops him off back at his sister's, hurries over to this, yeah, this warehouse or loft or whatever lab that she has set up where she kills and revives a guinea, literally a guinea pig. Like, (laughs) it's the guinea guinea pig. Even then, when they cut right after the guinea pig falls over, they cut to a long shot. Or like a medium shot, and the guinea pig is just moving around normal on the table, just blinking and standing. Like even when the guinea pig's supposed to be dead, you can just clearly see that it's still alive. Something like that. Yeah, they like it's like lethal injection for this guinea pig, and then a thing comes up that says ten minutes later in white text, and then they bring the guinea pig back. Their computer screen is the most unadvanced like for an experiment like this i i'm expecting to see a lot of stuff going on on this computer screen but it's literally just like the word like deceased deceased and like a time like it's the most basic bitch science experiment possible uh here we also meet cameraman clint who is kind of frank's right hand man frank is Mm -hmm. a sort of i guess like a youtuber he has a vlog or whatever where he goes around and pesters people with his atheism. Yeah. And, um, oh, that's a sneezing baby. There's a baby here, everyone. For the first time ever, baby Florence is joining us because I did not have a choice. But she's being pretty chill. I'll edit most of it out. Anyway. Live audience. Yeah. Live before a studio audience of a seven-week-old. Yeah. So he, they have a website, I guess. What is it? Uh, Skeptic skepticsbus.com and that's where he's but he also when he's camping with nephew Daniel he's like because when he asks him how do you hear about ghosts the kid's like oh YouTube and he's like YouTube you don't watch YouTube that's like the number one place for fraudsters and yet he's out making (laughs) YouTube videos I guess for his own website but still like how are you any better Mm -hmm. so he goes to sort of do a gotcha interview with a psychic medium named Meredith who looks like, and I mean this 100% as a compliment, like Freddie Mercury. Oh. Did you? I, I, yeah, I kind of get that. Yeah. Am I crazy? And now that you say, she looks no, like, she looks really like Freddie Mercury jump. and I'm into it. And I like Freddie, well, really sharp, like cheekbones and everything, kind of, yeah, it kind of has that vibe to her face. Yeah, like the jawline is kind of the same, like, but I'm here for it. Um, yeah, here's where we find... He's trying to, like, get her with sort of gotcha questions, but she has a list already prepared of, like, she knows every question he's going to ask, and she kind of mm-hmm. deflates his whole thing. And here's where we also learn that, yeah, what he was doing, which she knows about somehow, because he never posted a video because the video didn't get recorded. She knows he went out to debunk these dead miners, this dead miners thing, yeah. and she says that they weren't happy that he was there. So maybe it was just the ghosts of dead miners that were Bob messing with them when they were camping. I don't know. But she knows yeah. that. And she also knows because it, before, I'm jumping around a bit, but it doesn't really matter because <laughs> this movie sucks. Um, back when he was, when he and Clint were still with Sarah at the lab, 
he gets a genius idea. Him and Clinton are like, oh, oh, we should do this on a person. Like, well, that would be the proof of like that there's no afterlife. If we, if what she just did to the guinea pig, we could do to a person, that would be amazing. We'd be the most yeah. popular vloggers ever. It's back to like the intro, like the guy he was like interviewing before was even like, would you subject? the only way we it's like something you can't prove and like uh would you subject yourself to like dying that's the only way to like prove and stuff like that like it was foreshadowed with like the intro little conversation yeah the religious like the guy day. he was arguing with is like well the only way you could prove me wrong is to die and be resurrected so you can tell me that i'm wrong and you're not going to do that are you so here's his yeah. chance to really stick it to that guy yeah, and Meredith the Medium also knows she wasn't there for that conversation, obviously, but she also knows that that happened because she says to him, like, and don't do this death stunt that you're planning because it's not going to work out. It's a bad idea. And he gets real yeah. flustered and is like, this interview's over, which is what she's supposed to say. But she's really turned yeah. the tables on him. And so he and Clint run out, run away. So we go right to, there's not, doesn't seem to be a whole lot of planning for this, or at least we've skipped past it. Um, and he's apparently convinced Sarah pretty quickly to do this, even though she didn't want to at first. We now skip to the night of he's going to do this. There's the skepticsbus.com is there on the scene recording. At one point, they have 13 million people watching, which I don't know about yeah. that. That seems unrealistic, but yeah. And they lethally inject Frank on video. And she says that she's made, like, the appropriate conversions to whatever they have to do from between a guinea pig and a human. But they left the guinea pig dead for ten minutes. They leave him dead for an hour, which... Yeah. How did you do the math on that? Because I feel like, if anything, you should be leaving the human dead for less time than the guinea pig, not six times as much. Yeah. It was also just so weird, their interaction beforehand. She was just, like, cold staring. And I thought, like, oh, like, he has hallucinations later. I thought, like, she was, like, implanting stuff at first in his body to make him go crazy. So then she can, well, get to, like, hooking up with the cameraman like they do. And I just, the stone cold stare that she was just giving him, it wasn't like, oh, I love you. I hope you get out okay. Like, she seemed worried earlier, but then just, like, no care whatsoever right before she's about to inject him. And, like, she, she wasn't like even sure completely it would work she was just sure like the calculation seemed right like right before yeah sarah's motivations for the whole movie i don't really get because prior to you know she's trying to talk him out of doing this when they're sort of hanging out and being romantic at her house at his house or whatever yeah um, and then they convince her to do it and she does and then sort of instantly becomes like the villain of the movie somehow i don't know yeah. she decides maybe she's just overtaken with greed because they got so many people viewing it and now they're so popular because apparently she actually owns the website skepticsbus.com and so yeah. she's gonna take it over and kick him out of it and become like a real like <laughs> so i don't know i don't understand from the yeah. person because it would be one thing if she was like yeah you should do it it's a good idea and then it's like okay she did that because she's been planning this whole time to kick him out and take over the website or whatever but that's not the case she was trying to get him to not do it so her mm. she really turns on a dime yeah also while frank is being lethally injected on camera his nephew daniel is there to watch which seems yeah not okay to me <laughs> like mm -hmm. 
Because let's yeah, say, just... let's say this doesn't work. You just had your preteen nephew watch you die on purpose. Like you brought exactly. him to your suicide. That's yeah, bad uncling. Mm-hmm. And even if you do come back, that still has to be pretty scarring because you were dead for an hour. Yeah. Your nephew sat there yeah. in a room with you while your corpse with your corpse for an hour before yeah. he brought you back to life. That's fucked up. Like I get he's involved somehow with like some of his own camera work and stuff like that. Like he has them go with to videotape and seemed like he was at Meredith's, but even then you think just like have him wait outside the room or something. Like you got it set up and everything. So the cops show up because people have been who have seen this video that's been going on the last hour have called them because oh my god a guy on the internet just killed himself yeah and they show up just in time that they have revived him and they're like who's in charge here and sarah's like i am and he kind of wakes up just enough to be like no i am so they take him and sarah both in they have them separated and sort of questioning them and they're like you know you're probably gonna we're charging you with like disruption of the peace or whatever because you like scared a bunch of people with your stupid hoax and he's like no it wasn't a hoax it was legit and he's like well we have sarah in the other room and she just told us it was all just a hoax and a prank so yeah that's the only reason you're not going to jail to, like tonight necessarily because i guess yeah i wonder i assume in australia like here attempting suicide is a crime which i always found yeah. interesting and odd a little bit but so he and sarah get released by the police they kind of have an argument not really an argument but she's like can we go to like the diner and talk about this because i had like the only reason you're not in jail right now is because i told them it was a hoax so don't be mad at me like i was covering your ass like i always do and they're at the diner he sees this guy who he's seen i think previously in the movie already at some point just walking down the street or something this real wheezy looking dude who's not scary or intimidating at all but he's supposed to be i guess and he also sees well he starts hallucinating i'm gonna for the rest of the movie i'm gonna call him the jumpy neck man Mm -hmm. because it's like that he's like shaking his head but it's that jumpy editing where it makes it looks like it's going really fast but also kind of slow motion at the same time that a lot of horror movies do because it's a really cheap and easy effect to do so he sees that and this guy yeah at the diner he sees that guy again because he seen him earlier i don't remember when but since he has come back to life he's seeing things and this guy turns around so hilariously he's like walking away from frank and sarah's table table at the diner in this little hallway and he like the way that he like turns around to look at him so he can do his neck spinny thing is so over the top and like funny you kind of have to see it it's hard to explain but it was really funny this this movie didn't scare me at all, but it did make me laugh a few times. I thought it was there's quite some funny parts to it. Yeah, not the parts that they wanted either, so that's a problem. Yeah, yeah it's definitely not scary, that's for sure. He goes to, Frank goes to talk to his sister and finds out that he is, and I feel this is the correct response, banned from seeing his nephew because his nephew has been in his room yeah. crying all night because he watched his uncle die for an hour. Like, no shit. Yeah. So she's like, you you don't need to, you're not taking him camping anymore, just stay away for a while. You're not seeing my kid anymore because you've traumatized him. Yeah. Like, why would you take him to that? Why didn't you at least, like, give me a heads up? Because I would have told you no. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, sis, do you think it'd be okay if your kid watches me die? That'd be cool, yeah. right? 
as he's leaving her house, he's, yeah. and this is actually the one moment that's almost like effectively creepy. It doesn't quite get there, but compared to how silly everything else in the movie looks, this is almost there. He sees a car parked on the at the curb, and the windows roll down, and like smoke is the car is full of like smoke. And then when he looks again, the mm-hmm. window's back up and someone is inside kind of like Aww. pressed against the window, like part of their face and their hands, like they're trapped and trying to get out or something, which actually yep. looks kind of like, oh, that's actually like a decently creepy sort of thing. And then the car drives off. No one's driving it, but it just drives off on its own. Yeah. So he's definitely seeing weird stuff. He gets with Clint to review the footage because he wants to see if some, like, something had to have gone wrong that you guys didn't tell me about because I'm seeing shit. And it's not good. So I want to review the footage that you guys took when I was dead. And in that footage, the jumpy neck man is like standing over him and like just looking into the camera like a total creep show. (laughs) Like like a real molester vibe this guy has. Yeah. And he's whispering stuff at him and like, why do you let that guy in there? And he's like, he wasn't there when we recorded. So that's real weird. He's Frank's at his house last night, that night. And his house is getting real poltergeisty. Stuff's flying around. Doors are opening. Lights are turning on and off and exploding. And he's recording it. So now he's really ta- he's really turned a corner now because he's gone from being the guy who makes videos about how there's no such thing as ghosts. There's no such thing as God. There's no such thing as an afterlife. And now he's in his house like, okay, this is real. There's some there's crazy stuff happening in my house and I want everyone to see it. So he's really taken his channel in another direction. He's rebranding in a big, bad way. Apparently, the director, I watched some, uh, the, it turns out uh, Tabernacle has its own YouTube page. And I saw, and I saw another things like, I looked up like director quotes, and he said apparently he got like um, moving stuff around from like his own experiences. He says his wife was a medium and that like, like opening up portals allowed like stuff to fly around like his house and like weird stuff was happening to where it led to his wife quitting being a medium like that well you... he also says that he was formerly atheist and that's where he got it from because of says this story relates a lot to my own story and stuff like that well okay <laughs> number one you did way more research into this movie than i did because that never even occurred to me to look up things that the director of this film had to say because I couldn't care less. <laughs> Number one. Number two, that's a pretty dumb story. <laughs> I used to be an atheist and then I married a medium and she opened a portal to hell in her house. And <laughs> instead of getting divorced, I'm just not an atheist anymore. Weird. Yeah. So I took my... I took my $3,000 tax return and made a movie about it. Yeah. Do they have tax returns in Australia? I don't know. So then he, has, he so he's like, he calls Sarah and he's like, I gotta come over to your place. My house is fucking haunted. And he goes over to her place. He's, she's like, fine, you can sleep on the sofa because they're still kind of in a tiff with each other. And he has a hilarious guinea pig nightmare, which is just, and he's thrashing around on the sofa like this is the scariest dream you've ever had. And it's literally just a close-up of the guinea pig. Like someone holding the guinea pig. It's not it doing Sarah. anything. It's not talking. It's not doesn't have glowing. It's just a guinea pig, and he has. It's the worst nightmare to him. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. Yeah, they even do the guinea pig shot twice, and they do the same thing with like Sarah holding the guinea pig. One time the guinea pig's just doing nothing but staring in her eyes, and then the next shot that they have the guinea pig looking at Sarah, it's just like squealing like crazy. 
but still just like sitting perfectly still in her hands, not doing anything, just looking normal. Yeah, it's pretty silly. Yeah, so it's like the next day he's gone back home. He's trying to get into skepticbus.com and his password's not working anymore. He can't get into it and he can't figure out why. So he calls Sarah and basically she tells him like, no, I own skepticsbus.com. You're not a skeptic anymore. So we've kicked you out of the business to keep the integrity of the skeptic website, I guess. Yeah. You're just out. And now we're going to be like, we're bigger than ever because you did this. You know, we have more viewers than we ever did before because of your stunt, but Mm -hmm. you're out. He has another nightmare that's like him on a, cross that turns upside down and like a real yeah. windows 95 screensaver fire tunnel that he goes down <laughs> like yeah the cheapest possible effects it's one of their favorite effects that appears a few times throughout just the fire tunnel yeah, they sure do well you paid you know you paid 15.99 for that shareware disc you're gonna use it yeah so he swallows his pride goes to meredith the medium to ask for help and she says that he has, like, a demon inhabiting him. Like, he, when he crossed over to the astral plane when he was dead, he opened some sort of doorway that needs to be closed now, and stuff is coming yeah. through. And she, she is the most knowledgeable, like, witch on the planet. Yeah. She, the things she knows are, well, well she, just, she has super, like, she straight up has superpowers, which yeah. would have been useful... When he came to you and was like, hey, you're a fake and a fraud, and I'm going to catch you on video being a fake and a fraud, that would have been a real good time to bust out your magic powers and be like, see, I'm not fake. Go away. <laughs> but she didn't. I guess she, she teleports didn't. all the time throughout and then just doesn't do any of her teleporting or telekinesis stuff then. I guess she's trying to keep it on the down low, maybe. But Yeah, but she was perfectly... Oh, well, we'll get to that part. <laughs> yeah, but so she's going to... She's got to train him in his new, since he's come back from the dead, he's, he has, he's unlocked all sorts of supernatural powers that he never had before, and she's going to help train him, train him in their use, which she calls, I guess, like her living room, where she trains him, she calls Tabernacle, hence the title, Tabernacle 101, it's like a class. It's like the world's shittiest Hogwarts. Yep. Lesson number one is, she takes a guy, she takes him, and they just traipse into a hospital, like they own the joint and just yep. walk into a stranger's hospital room. There's a man like he's in like a cast and stuff and he's got bandage on his head, but apparently he's dying because his wife is next to him crying her eyes out and they come yep. in and she's like, you can heal him. And he does like the Iron Man laser beam hand. And it's just like a straight white line of computer graphics <laughs> of glowing white light. And, heals this guy who like wakes up like oh i guess i'm okay i'm okay now i'm not dying anymore and the woman's like thank you and they have to run away because security comes because yeah you're not supposed to just walk into hospitals and do what you want yeah there was even like a moment with like the morgan freeman kind of voice uh you can heal now and in his like dreams it, it was like a kind of like a jesus kind of reference kind of scene and of like healing and stuff like that vision well, and that's what's kind of strange about this is that there's a lot of talk about demons, but they never say heaven. Yeah, they also say Satan. Yeah, they say Satan like, once. They... they say demons a bunch, but I don't know if they ever say hell. 
They don't say heaven. They never yeah. mention God or Jesus. It's light beams is who, yeah, who, who we're talking beams. about, which yeah. I guess means angels, but they never use sort of Christian specific terminology, which I yeah. found interesting. Yeah. There's some more astral plane training. And I get, apparently the astral plane is just a, a pond that you mm. stand next to and a giant glowing bubble floats by and talks to you. All right. I think that was part of my only like favorite parts of the movie was like the world building towards the psychic stuff, but then it seems to kind of abandon it a little bit later on. Cause I thought that stuff was at least somewhat interesting of like, um, astro plane and being able to travel to different dimensions kind of things she was talking about and telekinesis and like, uh, well, like it's called tabernacle one one apparently because she's like, it's supposed to be like about, referring to like her teaching him all this mystical stuff yeah yeah it i feel like it borrows pretty heavily from dr strange like a lot of this feels like <laughs> dr strange and the ancient one when she's yeah, showing when him stuff he, except with no budget and no yeah, actors. pushes him out of body <laughs> yeah it definitely has that kind of feel to it yeah he comes back from the astral plane and meredith says to him you met a light being and now we must make you an avatar that will never be mentioned again it will, yep. never, it will never be explained what that means. We're just supposed to take it for granted that that's a thing we understand. Yeah. <laughs> he, even after everything he has seen, is like, no, chick, you're crazy. I'm not listening to you anymore. I'll figure this out on my own bot and takes off. Yeah. Which, like, what? I feel like she's proven herself to you pretty well. Like, what else do you need? Yeah, I think they just have to have like periodical jerk moments to remind you that he's still the jerk he was at the beginning. Well, that and you got to kill ninety minutes, so we have to have little details yeah. that don't matter. Yeah. And I mean, maybe if I want to give the screenwriter more credit than they're probably due, maybe this is him sort of being overwhelmed and scared and putting up a bluff, and putting up a wall, you know, like shit all this stuff i yeah i never believed in is real and this is too much for me to take right now and she's blowing my mind and i can't take any more of this so i need to remove myself from this situation before my head explodes maybe it's that yeah. that's what it would be if i were writing it anyway i don't know mm -hmm. so he goes to a bar and this lady bartender has a tattoo on her arm of the jumpy neck guy that's the first time I laughed in the movie was seeing that tattoo. Because <laughs> it's a super duper detailed, very fresh, very dark ink, yeah. like the fakest tattoo. You've I think seen. they even have like a plastic layover based on how it's done. Yeah. Yeah, you can practically see the lines of the square where they <laughs> put it on with a wet cloth. Yeah. And then he sees this mm. other menacing guy who never says anything. Or menacing is in air quotes, but who's kind of between him and the doorway and follows him outside. It's not jumping that guy. It's a different guy. And he is like a car pulls up behind him and kidnaps him with an invisible rope. Mm -hmm. Like he like he puts his arms behind him, pantomiming like, oh, God, something's grabbed me from behind. And you hear like a like a whip crack sound as if from the window of this car. An invisible whip has come out, grabbed his hands behind his back, and pulled him into the back seat of the car. It's very, very mm. silly looking. Yeah. They take him somewhere, and a, a weird guy in hospital scrubs 
with like crazy eyes not crazy eyes but like um like creepy eye contacts like with white sort of corneas or whatever stabs him in the forehead with an enormous syringe yeah which also for what will we ever find out yeah it doesn't absolutely not no are they draining fluid from his brain because it's special because he's the chosen one are they implanting a bug we don't know other than it's supposed to look weird on the youtube channel it it referred to that place as like his first trip to hell even though it doesn't really refer to it as that like the movie and then it says like yeah yeah it's definitely so a, a hellish type place they put him in sort of like a dog kennel kind of cage and they roll him in and there's fire barrels and things going on and that upside down cross that they put him on you know but mm-hmm. yeah they never refer to it as hell and then they just let him go so which is yeah it, the opposite of what hell is where you just get to go for a little bit and then like all right you're good yeah I don't, I don't get the, the motivations of why they just want to take him there a couple times and then just catch and release. Yeah, it's a real catch and release situation. Like maybe they're, maybe they're waiting because he hasn't, I guess, grown into the Avatar yet or whatever the hell she was talking about. Maybe they're testing him, <laughs> like testing his brain fluids to see if his Avatar levels are at the right place or not. Oh, he's not ready yet. Throw him back. We'll, get, we'll try again later. Who fucking knows? Even then, it's like it's like <laughs> developing the powers. They refer to like the light as like the only thing that you could use to hurt him. So why would they even want him to get to like that point of like uh, his ability, yeah, just you're... so he could fight them back? <laughs> yeah, you're sending him back to get more training to be better at beating. Doesn't yeah, make, make doesn't make a lick of sense. There's also a creepy-eyed young girl mm. who's around too, with the same kind of white eyes. The real generic. Yeah, it also keeps doing like a flashing to like this white kind, this white cutout face and, and like a black screen kind of remind me of like Halloween Town of like Alcazar or what I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's it's kind of the only sort of makeup demonic kind of things that they do really. There's somebody that, but again, who is that the devil? Is that, yeah, who is that? We don't know. We will never find out. Well, I think they said somewhere in there, like, they're trying to get him possessed by Satan for some reason. But they also say, like, there's a portal open to hell where they're just coming willy-nilly out. So I don't get what's going on with that. Well, the demon's plan, and we'll get to it, is crazy <laughs> from top to bottom. Yeah. So they they very nicely drive him back to where they kidnapped him from instead of just throwing him outside and making him walk. Mm-hmm. And in the, he's in the back seat and he's looking in the front. The creepy-eyed girl and the driver are up there. And in the sort of the, the uh, fog and the windshield is written 666. Yeah. And it looks real dumb. <laughs> like Just like creepy girl got bored waiting and was like just drawing 666. And, but turn your defrost on. Yeah. It's nighttime. You're trying to drive. It's dangerous. Yeah. Stupid demons. I just find it interesting that demons are just constantly driving their cars around to get to people. Yeah. Like, it isn't just, like, the teleporting stuff, like, earlier. They have to physically drive to kidnap you and take you back. Well, I assume it's demons are ethereal beings and invisible beings, and they are possessing human bodies and thus have the limitations of human bodies. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. They'll never tell us, so that we just have yeah. to guess. So now he's freaked out enough to, like, oh, shit, they kidnapped me and took me to hell question mark so i need to go back and finish my training yeah so he goes back to meredith 
who makes him eat a little bit of crow and then jumps right back in. She's actually kind of okay and kind of charming Mm -hmm. as a character, as an actress. She's kind of the only person in the movie that I liked at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And who I wouldn't mind seeing in other things. I doubt I ever will, but everybody else in here is like, no, I'm good. I'm one and done on all these people. So there's telepathy training where it's like, read this book, but don't touch it. So he has to like move it with his mind and he winds up throwing it across the room because I guess he's more, either he's more powerful than she thought or he doesn't have the fine motor skills yet to do it. But it's, mm. and it's some rare book that she's like, oh, there's only 10 of these in the world. So be very careful with it. And then he throws it across the room. But she wants him to read this book, this book, which will explain all of his powers to him. Where did this book come from? I don't know. Yeah. And if she has all the powers that he has, enough yeah. that she can train him in those powers why why is he mm-hmm. the avatar why is he special if she can do all the same stuff he can yeah. do yeah <laughs> like yeah it's just that real yeah, i feel like there's multiple times where they downgrade her powers just to make him more relevant yeah that's infuriating because she seems way more yeah i guess because he's like neo in the matrix chosen one but yeah oh, they picked they picked a real dumb dumb She then, there's more healing. She takes him to a park and they're listening to, well, the book thing was psychokinesis or telekinesis, telepathy training. Mm. And they were just walking down the street, listening to people's thoughts as they walked by. And then they go to a park and they listen to this woman who is very upset because she just found out she has terminal ovarian cancer. And so he goes over and heals her, which in a better movie would be like a pretty cool scene because she's also... Because this woman is looking, he comes over and he's like, because they never met, they've never spoken. She, he's a complete stranger, but he comes and sits by her and is like, my mother died of ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. They tried, but they couldn't save her, which is a bad opening line, you know, <laughs> rather than like, okay, you're basically telling her like, oh, you're dead meat. And she's yeah. looking correctly, very skeptical at this weirdo who just walked up. And he's like, I, I mm-hmm. can help you. And then... Meredith sort of projects her thoughts into this woman's head and is like, he can do it, trust him, or whatever. So she kind of lets him yep. run his laser hand over her guts. He tells her, like, okay, go see your doctor. You heal now. Bye. And runs off out of the park. Yeah. It's strange how she is more trusting her, just like some strange woman just starts speaking in her head that, oh, yeah, I, I'm good now. I'll let you use your glowing hand over me. Yeah, I don't I mean, get how that's much during the strange stuff occurring around her yeah i would have an even worse reaction to someone's voice appearing in my head than i would of some weird dude walking up to me and telling me he can heal me like yeah neither one is a good having a good day i did like um the that bailey's add to his character mentioning his mother and talking about that stuff yeah, it's an attempt at character development. It's an attempt at maybe showing how he became so fundamentalist atheist that it was like, you know, his mom was dying. And he never says this, but he probably had a lot of people in his life, you know, who were like, oh, pray, you know, oh, we're praying for your mom or whatever. And none of the prayers mm-hmm. worked and she died anyway. But he doesn't mention any of that. All he mentions is that the doctors couldn't save her, which means science failed you. You should be a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he leans way to science to try to explain everything. Yeah. Medical science yeah, it's failed your mother. Something. That's the origin story of, like, a super Christian, not the other way around. It's very backwards. Yeah. Yeah. That happens in, like, a 
uh, what I can't name any of those movies, but I feel, oh, like the one where like uh, this lady like falls off a tree and hits her head. I only seen the trailer, but then that's kind of what leads her in, is because, well, I guess the it's a success story of when science helped that led her more into Christianity, when her, she she got like miraculously fixed her brain damage. I can't remember the movie. I just remember the trailer. Like that. Or like the, ah, what is it called? The one where the kid was under the ice and drowned and was dead for however long. And his mom is there praying mm -hmm. for him. And the doctors are working on him. And he survives. And the moral of the story is it's because mom prayed, not because doctors worked their ass off to save his life. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it, yeah, this is like the opposite of that. Yeah. I can't remember the name of that movie because I don't care. That's why. Then he's just showing off in public, doing television. He's like a real, he's like a David Blaine or Chris Angel just walking up to people on the street, being annoying. Like, yeah. check out this trick. Boof, and like teleporting like to the steps up above them. Yeah, I found that just strange. And like, it's like his new method of making money is doing that for the internet. is complete opposite, just doing magical stuff. It seems even more fake because I'm sure everyone would just assume it's editing and stuff like that. Yeah, Especially because today. I've, I've watched Michael Carbonaro do that live on stage. You're not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've seen it on his show a bunch. So this guy, yeah, yeah, Meredith is recording him doing this stuff and uploading it to whatever his new, his Tabernacle 101 channel that he's starting as like opposition to his old skepticsbus.com place. But yeah, you're yeah. not showing me anything impressive. This is, I've seen eight different magicians do this same shit in, in videos. Yeah. So the fact that he would like suddenly like now he's taking off as a viral star again or something like you're doing basic shit that I've this is nothing special, man. Yeah. Yeah. And he's promising his viewers like I'm, I'm going to really show you something crazy in a couple of days. So check back in, like keep watching because we're going to, you know, so as sort of like a graduation present, I guess, from Tabernacle 101, she makes this blue leather jacket just appear on him. Yeah. She's like, here, I got something for you. Boof, and she touches him, and he's wearing this stupid-looking jacket. Which, again, like, that's... You just created something from nothing. Yeah. That's way more impressive than any of the bullshit he's doing. Like, other than the healing. Like, you should be the star of this movie, not this asshole. <laughs> yeah. That's way more impressive to me. You, at the very least, teleported that jacket onto his person from somewhere else, which is still yeah. pretty cool. Just Scarlet Witch-level magic yeah kind of and then he's out messing with people some more i guess he can also he has the power to control phones i don't know what power this is but he's got a crowd of people around yeah. and he's like i don't remember what he says to him but like everybody check your phones and like he's on their phone talking to them yeah. or he tells them all the and oh the their phone's gonna ring and answer it and he's just standing there with no phone and their phone rings all the same time and it's like a video message from him even though he's standing there but again this is just parlor tricks this yeah. is like stage magi street magician shit it's, yeah mm -hmm. it's nothing special at all yeah and he's just showing off for the internet what is he gaining from this yeah he's just doing the same thing he's doing before <laughs> this the character development is just he's the same person but just doing it for the opposite side of beliefs yeah he's doing it for he's still an annoying show off he's just doing it for the good guys now i guess yeah but you're also warning the enemy that, like, you're more powerful now. You should really be laying low and not making a spectacle of yourself because they're going to come and drag you off to needlehead hell again. Yeah. Well, no one said he was smart. He gets a call that night from Sarah and Clint, who apparently 
have hooked up now because they're just making out in front of him. Like, it seems like they called just yeah. to make out in front of him <laughs> to be like, because the first thing Clint says is like, oh, I'm fucking Sarah now and I'm way better than, than you ever were on all this. Oh, and by the way, also, like, we want to interview you and your crazy new ideas for Skeptics Bus. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Thanks. Which, how did you think he was going to react when that's the call you made? Like, <laughs> they're just half naked making out in front of him like just to be jerks about it like that's not a conductive way to get someone to do what you want yeah so the ban is over he gets invited to daniel's birthday party which he goes to and his sister daniel's mom is like okay i invited you because you really like you need to talk to him because ever since that thing you did like he's been weird he's not yeah. been himself and you need i want you to talk to him and figure out what's going on because he doesn't like he won't talk to me your cool Uncle Frank. He'll talk to you. Yeah. Oh, he says like he's been for months ever since the incident. But they also say at the incident that he said that he never wants anything to do with you again. And it's just like there's a complete flip of what he was talking about. Yeah, something's definitely going on with Daniel. Because he's, he's just standing in the driveway looking at them. He doesn't want Meredith there. Because he's brought Meredith as like his plus one to this child's birthday party. And Daniel seems to not like the fact that Meredith is there. This is what I think is the best line. I mean, it's not a good line, but it's made me laugh the most because it's so out of kind of left field. They're sitting in the backyard, Daniel, his mom, and Frank, and they're having a conversation about how, well, Daniel's like, I want to go camping with Uncle Frank again. And she's like, no, you're going camping with my new boyfriend. What's his name? And they have a little discussion about like, oh, I didn't know you had a new boyfriend. Like, what's his deal? And yeah. then, then the way they talk about it, it makes it feel like, oh, that's a character we're going to meet soon. Absolutely not. Mm. It's a very long conversation like, about a character that does not matter at all. And then Daniel says, like, I want Uncle Frank to take me camping, bitch. Like, he gets so, and then yeah. runs off. And instead of, and she's just like, oh, what can you do? This is what he's like. This is why I want you to talk to him. This is what I deal with. Instead of being like, whoa, birthday party over, go to your room. You know, like, there's no repercussions for this kid talking to his mom like that. Even even Frank was hating on her boyfriend, even though it doesn't seem like he's ever met him. No, he did not know he existed Seems until 30 seconds like... ago. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So while this is going on, Meredith has snuck up to Daniel's room. Why she even suspects, unless she got a vibe from him in the driveway. But... Yeah. Why Your she's... mind reading. Yeah, that could be. She's gone up to Daniel's bedroom to kind of scope things out there's kind of a weird matrixy looking screensaver going on on his computer that she's looking at and then daniel and the scary or the creepy girl are in the room with her and sort of just back her into a corner they're not even threatening her they just kind of walk towards her and she crumples like a kleenex into the corner forgetting yeah. that forgetting that she also has superpowers does she defend herself yeah. in no way whatsoever and just yeah, like, like oh god no <laughs> Yeah, she has teleporting and just like, oh, I'll just sit here and crouch in the corner. Until Daniel's mom comes in and is like, hey, what are you doing to her? And he's like, she was yeah. sleeping around my room. And she's like, I'm so sorry, I'm looking for the bathroom and runs out. So for people who watch along with the show, if you have not watched the movie yet, I have a challenge for you. If you, it's too late if you already watched it first, but, or if you show this to anyone else, do this. Right after they run out of the house and Frank and... Meredith are sitting out in the car. Pause the movie and ask yourself or whoever's in the room with you, 
what do you think happens next? There's about to be a conversation in this car. What do you think this conversation will be about? And you could bet them $20 and give them 10 guesses. They will not guess what is about to be said because it's insane. Oh. Meredith says, Have you heard of the dark web? No. It's off limits. No search engine can index it, no law can shut it down. It's where they sell drugs, illegal pornography, even slaves. Why are you telling me this? The demons have created a computer virus and planted it on the dark web. It's designed to shut down all online systems on Earth. When this hits zero, the virus will spread exponentially and it will leave the dark web. From looking at Daniel's computer, that the demons have created a computer virus on the dark yeah. web and that they and she pulls out her phone and like and this is the timer of when it's going to go off 18 hours or whatever what what are you talking about that is not what this movie is about uh, <laughs> suddenly there's a computer virus that was so so left field i was wasn't expecting demons to be techno geniuses in this movie no, and what, what? Why is this your plan? Because first, Meredith is like, ask Frank. She's like, do you know what the dark web is? And he goes, no. Well, what kind of, what kind of YouTuber are you? <laughs> you've never, you've literally yeah. never heard the word dark web. So she explains what the dark web is to him, and yeah, says, here's what I found out in Daniel's room: the demons created a computer virus that they're gonna release. Yeah. This is when it's happening. I have a timer on my phone to show us somehow. Yeah. And it's going to let them take over all of the internet and it's going to be on everyone's phones that you just won the bet that you made because no one would guess that. No one would yeah. guess that that's the conversation that is about to happen. <laughs> it's crazy. So he makes a video that night that's like, hey, everybody who watches my stuff, and it can't be, I mean, we know skepticsbus.com has 13 million viewers or whatever. At least they did that one night. Who knows how many he has, but he's like, Listen to me, you all got to throw away your phones and your tablets. Anything with like a screen and the internet, you've got to get rid of it because there's a demon virus and it's going to let them control the nuclear arsenal of the world. Like, wait, 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 wait a second. The stakes of this movie just went from zero to 60. Like, yeah. It was about one asshole who's about to get some, who's about to learn a lesson about atheism to demons destroying the world with nuclear weapons. <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's kind of like a mix of Kingsman just thrown in there. What was in the first movie? Wasn't there like a, a virus making people's head explode or something? Yeah, that would be cooler than this because this just makes people fall yeah. asleep. But also, you do you really think you can get on that you have enough sway with people that you can be like, listen, this is going to sound crazy, but you need to throw away your phone. I know you spent like $1,800 on a new iPhone, but you need to throw it away and not look at it anymore that anyone's going to listen to you, you're out of your fucking yeah. mind. Yeah. If, yeah, there's no, like, legit celebrity that I respect and believe in enough that if they got on the internet live streaming, were like, listen, everybody, <laughs> I learned some shit. You got to throw away your phones and your tablets right now. There's no one I can yeah. name that I'd be like, he's probably right, I better do that. <laughs> and yeah. this guy's not a celebrity <laughs> by any means, like... He's, he's even like, uh, this is serious three times, or like, I'm not kidding three times, <laughs> yeah. something like that. So, he goes outside from making that video, and 
creepy girl is sitting out in the car. She's got an upside down crucifix that glows red. It looks just like Kylo Ren's lightsaber, but like super cheap. Like if you bought one at Walmart and <laughs> filmed it. And he pull yeah, he pulls out the Iron Man hand again and is like shooting a laser beam at these demons to like try and stop them from kidnapping him again. Um, it's there's a thing Ross, I wasn't I don't get like what is it supposed to be like stopping his powers? Because he's still able to do that. I don't know why he can't just teleport if he can still access like his powers, like once he finds out it's not working. Because you see him like using his powers so i don't get why he can't use his other abilities to just escape that easily yeah why couldn't he teleport away yeah i don't know it could be that that's yeah weakening him that upside down cross or whatever because he's trying to zap dude with iron man hand but it doesn't work and he gets kidnapped again and thrown in the back of the car and taken to a weird hell room and from that he is rescued off screen by meredith in a scene that we do not see He's captured by the demons. They've got him in the cage. He's having the crazy visions with the upside down cross and the devil man again. And then he wakes up outside and Meredith is like, oh, it took a lot of hard work to save you. Let's go. Like, wait a second. <laughs> like, I know this is a cheap movie, but that's a scene I'd like to see. That's the only scene I want to see is Meredith busting in there with her superpowers yeah. and rescuing his dumb ass. And that's the scene you can't yeah, be bothered to show us. Away. Yeah. It's like at every turn they had a decision to make and they made the wrong one. Yeah. So that night, Meredith and Frank meet with Sarah and Clint. They've agreed like, okay, we'll do that interview you wanted to do because their plan is, okay, we're going to warn them about this thing. Which, of course, just like your other video, no one's going to listen to. Clint is there with his camera. Sarah's there with some new assistant she had or the assistant they had before. And they're getting ready to talk to him. He's like, no, listen, here's the reason we're here. Look at my phone. We have 30 seconds or something until this virus is going to So you have to, everyone, you have to get rid of your phone. But you haven't, so other than that video you made, which you don't know how many people watched or listened to, now these are the only other people, mm. like you weren't running up and down the street telling people like, hey, go put your phone away. Don't look at your phone. Don't look at your phone. He's made not really any yep. effort to <laughs> save anyone. But he tells Sarah and Clint like, no, look at this timer that we just made up. Now we have 18 seconds and this is going to be bad. Listen to me, please. And of course, they're laughing at him because it sounds ludicrous. And everyone's sort of looking at their phones except for Sarah. And a green light comes out when the timer goes off or when it hits, yeah, when it hits zero. And everyone falls into a coma, including people who were driving. Like every car out on the street has crashed, which means every single mm -hmm. person driving in Australia drives around looking at their phone, I guess. Even even before that, Sarah's ex takes his phone and then he's struggling to get it back. And I don't get why he doesn't just use his like telekinesis again to just rip it out of his hands or teleport. And it's just like he's struggling to reach over the table, just trying to go at it. But or it just gets if they don't believe what you're saying, show these people your laser hand. Yeah. So like now, do you believe yeah. me? I just <laughs> yeah. I just cut he your just cigarette shows in off half. To random yeah, he shows off, to, shows people off to random people and the yeah. internet. But when it's useful that he could actually use it, he can't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> so now Sarah's on board with like, oh, shit, I guess you were right. There's a demon virus or whatever. And so, yeah, and Meredith is like, okay, right now it's localized to Sydney, but soon it's going to spread to the world. Why would it be? Why would it be localized to Sydney? If the demons yeah. have access to the it's... dark web that they put this virus into, why... The internet's not localized. That's the point of the internet. Like, once it's out there, it's out there. It's all over the world almost instantly. 
there's no reason mm-hmm. that it would be in Sydney first and then spread outward. That's not that's how a real virus works. That's not how a computer virus would work. Dumb. So yeah, Meredith explains like, okay, we need to go back, do the experiment, and you need to die and come back again because that's what opened the portal. Now you need to go back to the astral plane and close that portal so that the demons go back where they came from. But that's not gonna put the genie of this computer virus back in the model. That's not just gonna make the computer virus disappear because it's out yeah. there. Because that's how viruses this is another, work. Another thing I don't get is like he has to go to that plane again, but they already established earlier in the movie that he that can go there anytime he wants. Die to astro project. <laughs> yes. I don't. I don't get why he doesn't just astro project to go there. Why he has to physically die again? They showed that like they can send their like soul out to the astro plane and travel around to different dimensions like that. Yeah, we've seen him go to the ast- we've seen him go to the pond in the astral plane and talk to the light beam a couple times already. Yeah. So why he has to die this time again? Who knows? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it makes sense. So yeah, I don't. I don't. And that would absolutely not undo a computer virus that's been unleashed on the world. So that's pointless anyway. But whatever. So they've got him strapped down. They inject him again, and Clint shows up, and who's now mm-hmm. clearly. A bad guy or demon possessed or whatever because he's got that glowing upside down kylo ren cross and he like it looks like he's cutting frank open with it but he sort of just is branding him with like the upside down cross which i guess it and who knows what that's doing because they're never going to tell us what the point of that is either maybe to keep him under longer or maybe it was to kill him but i thought i thought that scene i thought they said something like try and get him possessed by satan and they had the cross thing again I think that's when they bring up Satan and it's like, oh, we need to get your bodies. Or I don't get why it's specifically him. Not like, I guess that's a light thing. Yeah, maybe it's preparing maybe. his body for, like this time when he goes to the astral plane, they're going to sort of hijack his trip and Satan can mm-hmm. ride him back, <laughs> I guess, into his yeah. body. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? We don't know and they don't know. But yeah. in another scene that we did not see... Clint and uh, the one menacing guy have captured Meredith and Sarah and tied them to a tree, which we did not see. We just see them. Oh, now they're tied to a tree. Okay. And Clint goes over, breaks Sarah's neck. So oh, the fake is break. He just turns her head down after he puts his hands next to her head. Yeah, he gives her like There's a good no, bu- gives, motion. no, he gives her like a goodbye kiss and then is like tweaks her a little bit. <laughs> She's just dead of a broken neck. And then they burn meredith at the stake mm-hmm. which is i don't know if that's supposed to be ironic but it just seems rude since how many witches were burned at the stake by zealous christians and now you have demons and you have a witch and you're doing the same thing like i don't know if you're trying to be ironic but that just seems rude <laughs> like didn't you learn yeah. i guess Again, the... i just wish they were ex- explained like why they couldn't use their powers to that extent like why couldn't she teleport again why was she just confined to follow them i, I would have liked a little bit more world building of like why like they talked about how they could fight them with the light and then it's just like she can't do anything she's just trapped and she can't teleport or anything and she's just every opportunity that they meredith has to be a badass they take away from her like why could she like wipe uh kick kick butts in hell and take all them there in like their their plane of where they're like grouped all together but she can't take on two of them by herself when she could take on all of them to rescue him earlier don't know because I guess, because Frank is the only one who matters in this movie, which is stupid. Because Meredith is a more interesting character to me. Yeah. But yeah. So Meredith is just dead. Mm-hmm. 
which sucks. And Frank is watching this from the astral plane because he like astral projected to Daniel's bedroom. And they've got yeah. what's going on. They're letting him watch what's going on out in the real world on Daniel's computer monitor. So he gets to see Meredith get burned at the stake. He gets to see them messing around with his body while he's under. But it's because Clint is pointing an iPad at things. Like, because Clint is filming Meredith being burned at the stake with the iPad he's waving around, now Frank can watch it on the computer in the astral plane. Yeah. I don't, I don't get okay. the astral plane. Why did go astral plane to appear at Daniel's house? Like, he's just... You just have to die to travel to Daniel's house really quickly to watch through his computer. Yeah, I don't know. From Astral projecting, he gets like, because he's trying to, he tries to shoot his Iron Man hand lasers kind of hilariously mm -hmm. into Jumpy Neck Guy's mouth. <laughs> like he's got his hand right <laughs> up and is shooting the lasers into his mouth, but it doesn't quite work. And they do something and then he's falling, 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 falling in a, and Ghost Meredith saves him from this bad special effect falling through the it's not even the the fire tunnel it's just like falling and then her hand like reaches through a, a little tear of light yeah. and like saves him and it's all the just the cheapest effects you've ever seen yeah then he lasers the demon in the mouth saves well he heals this yeah i guess he maybe he saved daniel i don't remember but he runs out in the hallway at daniel's house and his sister is laying on the floor passed out from the phone coma and like just heals her back awake. So if worse comes to worse, you can just go around and heal everyone. So this isn't even the end of the world either way. Like I, I also don't understand deal with the virus in, when he was in the room or something, or did he just leave it alone? Or is that virus just still going rampant around the world? No, the virus is. We hear a voiceover like a newscast thing at the end that says the virus is still like it's been contained. It was. It wound up being contained to Sydney. But like two million people fell into a coma for two hours before it turned off. No. Oh. So, but again, how is it contained to Sydney? Because that's not how fucking the internet works. <laughs> how does a computer virus affect you physically when you yeah. look at your phone? It's it's all very stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Then he re-enters his body, and it's kind of like, okay, the day is won. I beat I beat that one demon with a laser to the mouth, and then yeah, he's driving around. He's listening to the radio. And they're talking about the virus. And it said, the guy on the radio says, like the news reporter says, it's the worst cult virus ever reported. As opposed to, how many, are there like three cult viruses a year? And this is the worst, like how is this qualified as the worst one? This is the one and only cult virus. Yeah. <laughs> how many have there been before? And then, yeah, Ghost Meredith is just hanging around with him at a park. Yeah. And they have the sheer unmitigated balls to set up a sequel to this movie because Meredith is like, oh, our work's not done yet. Clint is still out there and he's worse. He's hatching something worse than this was. It's going to be the worst thing ever. And that's it. You're like, you have yeah. got to be kidding me. You cannot imagine you're making a sequel to this, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you? Nice. That's insane. You know better than that. Just how fucking, Maybe that's why how fucking to... dare you. <laughs> we'll get the, the sequel on the podcast next year. Probably. It'll be randomly generated. And we'll get to see Tabernacle 102. Yeah, I guess it would be Tabernacle 102. Or 201, either way. I doubt it. <laughs> and But also, there's no... What's really aggravating is there is no comeuppance for Frank. Two women are dead. Yep. Two million people were in a coma for two hours. And some of those people had to have died. If you were driving your car or flying a plane or doing something, 
and yeah. fell into a coma and drove your car off a cliff. Like, not everyone just woke up fine. And you opened a portal to hell and caused all of this mayhem and two women are dead because you wanted to do this stupid internet stunt and he gets mm -hmm. no comeuppance for that. What he gets is superpowers and he gets to be a hero. <laughs> like, yeah. He needs to have some sort of punishment for yeah. causing all of this and he doesn't and that sucks. Yeah. Even his only friend left Meredith, he can visit whenever he wants in the astral plane. Just, yeah, he still gets to hang out with this cool it. chick, even though she's dead. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not fair. And that's it. That's Tabernacle 101. A real cheap, real dumb movie. Any final thoughts on it, Jack? Well, I mean, yeah, I thought I I would have liked the consistency to be there. I like some, I like some, like, uh, the psychic concepts, but that's about it. I thought the internet stuff was just weird, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that is so tacked on and random and not. It's just don't, it's hard to mix supernatural stuff and technology stuff. Like it's yeah. a real thin line you have to walk. The same way it's tough because to, one is like the atheism side and one is the faith side, you know? <laughs> like they're kind of polar opposites of each other. So mm -hmm. the idea of demons in the internet is just a goofy. I don't know, <laughs> to start with. But yeah, that was Tabernacle 101. It is that time of the show when I press the magic button to see what next week's episode will be, chosen completely at random from everything streaming. Pushing the magic button now. Next week's movie is... Oh, you know what? We're not going far. From Australia to New Zealand. As next week's movie is Pork Pie from 2017. Looks like a comedy, maybe? I've never heard of it. But it's a New Zealand movie, and you know who makes good movies? People from New Zealand. That's what I've learned. So Home of the UFC weight champion of the world, Israel Adesanya. <laughs> God, there it is. I knew it was coming. You were just waiting. <laughs> just waiting. All right. Where can people find you social media-wise if you would like to be found, sir? Um, I don't have much open social media. I have an art account, I guess. Um paper underscore with underscore scribbles and, and speaking of that i also you know you remember uh is that instagram vampire, yep okay you remember vampire heath from work yes he did a drawing of me that is hanging in the office of me as me as a vampire that's been hanging there for a while i got a two point whoa i am yeah. looking at he is holding up to the screen damn this audio medium you have improved so much as an artist in the couple years that I've known you. He drew, wow. What are you going to do with that? Uh, well, since it's your likeness with permission, I could post it on the art account. You but else I was also thinking of replacing it at work since the other one disappeared to just have another vampire at work. The other one disappeared? Yeah. It was I hanging so. in the office yeah. for the longest time. I guess I didn't notice it was gone. That sucks. No, that's incredible, dude. That is great. Yeah, you absolutely have permission to put that up on your stuff and show it off. I kind of want one, though. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. you can make a copy well, you, of it, but give me one. Well, I don't want to take your work. Yeah, like, you can have it. That's pretty cool. I will... Uh... No, no. Thanks, man. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. You, you've grown so much as an artist from the stuff that's like sitting around work to the stuff you're doing now. So art school is paying off for you yeah. big time. Thank you. Yeah, so go check out his art at, uh, what was it, paper underscore with underscore scribbles on Instagram? Yep. Correct? It's pretty on and off, whether it's good or not, but it's, it'll, it'll, I'll keep up the consistency better from now on. <laughs> 
Well, well some, some actually worse. That's pretty good. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I am at Heath Lambert 78 on Twitter. The show is that's so random P2. The show has an email address that's so random pod at gmail.com for questions, complaints, and concerns. Artwork for the show by Joe Humphrey, who is Mr. Joe Humphrey on Twitter. Check out his stuff. And we're what, two weeks away from the big episode 50. We got one more regular episode before that. So, everybody gear up for that we're gonna find out that'll be the full-length commentary big plans big plans it's gonna be fun so for jack and myself that will do it this week see you next time